What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lux presents Hollywood. The Lux Radio Theater brings you Donna Michi, Francis D., and Walter Brennan in Happy Land. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. Cecil B. DeMille. Greetings once again from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Along the elm-shaded main street, under the smoking factory chimneys, and across the flat prairies of America, there's now a tie that binds us all closer together. There's hardly a family in the whole land who has not sent some loved one into the service of our country. To all such Americans has come a tribute in the form of a book and later a distinguished motion picture. The book was Happy Land by McKinley Cantor. And the screen version was made by 20th Century Fox Studio. Tonight in our radio production, we'll have the same two stars who brought Happy Land to life on the screen. Don Amici and Francis D. And with them, one of the finest character actors of our day, Walter Brennan. Happy Land is America at its best. The people are your neighbors and mine. And their courage is the courage that will see us through to the end. I've been doing a little traveling these past two weeks, and everywhere that I met and talked to people, I was Im- it was impressed on me again and again how much the Lux Radio Theater means to this audience. I know now, though I never had any doubts, that you really appreciate what Lux Toilet Soap is doing in presenting the finest artists of the theater in fine drama each Monday night. I brought back a pocket full of penciled notes on plays you'd like to hear. Happy Land is one of them. So, of course, we, we'd set that several weeks ago. And I also brought back some mental notes on what you think of our product. Lux Toilet Soap, it seems, is high on the hit parade, everywhere, from Washington City to Washington State. And in hundreds of cities and towns, the curtain rises now for the first act of Happy Land, starring Donna Michi as Lou Marsh, Francis D. as Agnes, 
and Walter Brennan as Grandpa. All this happens in a town called Hartfield, Iowa. Don't feel uncomfortable if you've never heard of it. Few people have. If Hartfield were distinguished for anything, it readily could be for its complete lack of anything to be distinguished about. It's just a nice little town whose moderately happy citizens go about their business of being moderately prosperous without the aid of cocktail bars or traffic jams or... Uh, who are you? Grandpa Marsh. Well, uh, I was going to mention you a little later on. You were, huh? I'm dead. Been dead now more than 20 years. Uh, yes, yes, I, I know. But it appears to me I still know a lot more about Hartfield than you. And we ain't such a little town. No? Chamber of Commerce claims 6,782. They're stretching it a bit, maybe. And a lot of Hartfield's young men are away in the Army and the Navy. Post office now is pretty nearly the most popular spot in town. Not your old drugstore? Well, yes, maybe the store still is. My grandson, Lou, runs it. Lou's like me. Folks know they don't have to buy something every time they come into Marsh's drugstore. They can just talk or smoke and pass the time of day. Been that way for three generations. Mm, Lou's got two in help now. Now, the store carries everything, from vitamin pills to banana splits. But my picture's still there. Lou still keeps my picture on the wall. Does it himself every day. He's a good boy, Lou is. Yes, sir, a good boy. Boy? Grandpa Lou's about 45. I'm going to come back and see Lou one of these days. Kind of think he's going to need me. Now, Grandpa. Sounds foolish, don't it? But we'll see. We'll see. Any objections if we take a look at the drugstore now? No, go ahead. Go right ahead, son. Lou's there. Yes, he's talking to Bill Bowers. Mr. Bowers is publisher of Hartfield's weekly newspaper. They're talking about your great-grandson, Lou's boy, Rusty. Rusty's away. He's in the Navy. Haven't had a letter, Bill, for three weeks now. Not worried, are you, Lou? No, probably out at sea again somewhere. Pharmacist made second class. That's not bad for a kid. Hey, Lou, we're all out of corn plasters. Oh, there's plenty on the second shelf, middle section. Oh. You seen any action yet? <laughs> no, the only fighting Rusty mentioned was fighting mosquitoes. Seems to be doing plenty of that. Oh, Lou, here comes Mrs. Schneider. Oh, I'll take care of her. Say, Grandpa Marsh would sure be proud of Rusty now, wouldn't he? Yeah, I guess he would. I'm kind of proud of him myself. Well, drop in, Bill. I will. So long, Lou. So long. Hello, Mr. Marsh. Dogan Valley Vine, Mr. Marsh. The best I have yet made. Maybe you use two bottles, yeah? Well, uh, yes, yes, that's fine, Mrs. Snyder. And, uh, what are you going to have? Oh, the same as always, Mr. Marsh. Old Dr. Tom's trusty tonic. You still got, yeah? Yes, but, uh, why don't you try some vitamins, Mrs. Snyder? They'll do you a lot more good. No, no. Old Dr. Tom's trusty tonic. That's good, Mr. Marsh. Well, I'll have Shep wrap up a couple of bottles. Thank you, Mr. Marsh. Shep? Yeah? A couple of bottles of old Dr. Tom's for Mrs. Snyder. It's paid for. Well, right away. You leaving, Mr. Marsh? Yes, promised my wife will be home on time for dinner. I'll be back later, Emmy. Well, take your time, Mr. Marsh. Good night, Mrs. Snyder. Good night. I hope Mrs. Marsh will enjoy the Logan Valley Is that you, Lou? Well, who were you expecting? Oh, somebody young and handsome. Well, that could only be one guy. <laughs> uh, any mail? Oh, no, nothing from Rusty. 
I guess he's pretty busy, Lou. Yeah, yeah, lots of things to do besides writing letters. Oh, uh, uh, I brought home some shaving cream. Put it in with the other things you're sending him. With his beard, this should last him just about two years. <laughs> What's the other package? Hmm? Oh, oh, this one. It's uh, just a little... Uh... Lou, that awful old Mrs. Schneider again. Yeah, two bottles. I suppose I'd better lock him up with the others. Huh. Guy can't even get a bun on his own house. Well, just for that... Do I have to go through that again? Horrible cornet. I thought I'd they'd take it. I'd send it to scrap drive. Oh, now, I'm not that bad. In fact, I'm pretty good. Too good for meatballs and scalloped potatoes? Oh, why didn't you say so in the first place? You all ready? Am I ever late? Well, let's eat that, Mrs. Marsh. Oh, I wonder who that can be. Just a second. Like Hilda Manson. She's delivery boy for Western Union now. Oh, I'll get it. Hello, Hilda. Oh, say, that's a very becoming hat. Thank you. Telegram, Mr. Marsh. Thank you, Hilda. How's your mom feeling? Oh, she's fine, Mr. Marsh. Well, goodbye. Bye. Come on in, Lou. Yeah, I'll be right. I wondered if you and Lou were coming to church this morning. I'd like to, but... How are you feeling, my dear? Oh, I'm all right. But... But Lou... Do you think he might let me talk to him? Not the only word. I know it would help. He's here? He hasn't left the house for more than a week. Spends most of his time in the backyard garden. He's there now. I have a few minutes before church. I'll try again. Maybe I'll have better luck this time. Hello, Lou. Well, nice and comfortable out here. Mr. Wood? Mind if I sit down, Lou? What? Lou, Lou, you've got to get hold of yourself. You'll be late for services, Mr. Wood. Lou, I've been your minister and your friend for a good many years. I can't sit by and watch this happening to you. You don't have to watch. Lou... If there's one thing I've learned, it's that suffering and pain are part of life. We've got to accept them. I don't know what you're talking about. But I do know this. No amount of beautiful words can ever bring Rusty back. He's never coming back. Rusty died for his country. That's a privilege not reserved for many of us. Rusty's country. What was Rusty's country? What did he know about it? Twenty-one years old, kid... What did he know about life? He never had a chance to live. Never went anyplace. Just a boy living at home, going to school, working for his father. He never owned his own home. Never had a boy of his own to worry about or want to make a scooter for. Just isn't right. I don't know if I can answer that, Lou. But I'd like to try. Would you let me? If you don't mind, Mr. Wood, I'd, I'd just like to be here alone. All right, Lou. I'd like to come back, though. Yes, yes, come back some other time. Try to get hold of yourself. Please, try. 
about 25 years ago. Remember? Right here on Main Street. Look, look, look. Down there toward the railroad station. You see what I mean? Well, that's us. It's the boys from Hartfield. Yep, the local militia coming home from licking the Kaiser. There's Bill Bowers. And Sam Kendleton, if it isn't Corporal Lou Marsh himself. <laughs> Looked pretty snappy, didn't you? Yeah, I guess I did. May 1919. And look there. No, in front of the town hall. Here's a G.A.R. Foreman had got a welcome. I look at you, Grandpa. The only one without your G.A.R. coat. Why, I didn't have time to put it on. Old Lady Dyer kept me in a drugstore trying to make up her mind about a sponge. Ah, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Why, what's wrong now? Look, look, you ran up to me. Sure. And you kissed me. <laughs> I guess, I guess I was awful glad to see you again, Lou. Yeah, me too, Grandpa. I don't know. You were always more like a son to me than a grandson. Seeing as how I was both mother and pop to you. Uh, look, look, the parade's breaking up. Where, where are they all going? <laughs> you didn't wait to find out. Oh, yeah, I remember. You were looking for someone you'd been dreaming about ever since you went to war. Yeah, and you could have warned me, too. Warn you? <laughs> Boy, you lit out the West Walden Street like you just sat on a hornet's nest. Yeah? 
Where's Velma? Who wants to know, soldier? I want to know. Tell her Lou Marsh is back. She's tied up. But, uh, that's all right. It's me, Lou Marsh. What's wrong with your eyes? My eyes? Can't you see? The Marines have landed and have the situation well in hand. But I... I, I Forget I, I, it, soldier. Me and Velma got married last month. Married? Hope you don't mind. Oh, no. No, not at all. Who is it, honey? Why, Lou. Lou Marsh. Hello, Velma. I'm uh, glad you're happy. Goodbye, Velma. Wonderful to see you all again. And thanks a lot. See you tomorrow, Lou. Yes, tomorrow night, Charlie. You watch out. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Bye. Bye. Well, Grandpa, I see you still got my apron on the same old hook. Sure, Lou, but you can't work on your first day home. Well, you seem pretty busy. Let him wait. Hey, I got a surprise for you. Yeah, so did Velma. Yeah, but this isn't her husband. Look. Oh, gee. Grandpa, a clarinet. <laughs> Just cast your eyes on that silver nameplate. Lou Marsh. Oh, gee, this is a pit. Thanks, Grandpa. Mr. Marsh, if you please. I'll take care of her, Grandpa. No, I want to insult her. You get over there to the ice cream counter. That girl's been waiting there. Yes, miss. May I have a peanut dope sundae, please? Peanut dope? You mean a peanut sundae? No, peanut dope sundae. Well, I'm, I'm afraid I... Hey, uh, Gramp, what's this dope, Sunday? Oh, just something Agnes and I concocted. This is my grandson, Lou. Well, how do you do? How do you do? Mr. Marsh has mentioned you to me once or twice. Uh, this is Agnes Dickens, Lou. Moved here about a year ago. Agnes and I are pretty thick. Tell him how we put a masterpiece together, Agnes. Mr. Marsh! Keep your shirt on, Maddie. I'm coming. Well, it, it starts out just like an ordinary Sunday. Vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. And then you put some of that peanut butter sauce on the top. This stuff? Mm-hmm. And then some marshmallow. Yeah. And then you sprinkle some of those chopped peanuts over the top of it. All right. And then a little dab of whipped cream. And then you eat it? Oh, yes, it's wonderful. Dare you to try one. <laughs> I managed to live through the Argonne Forest, but a peanut dope... Su- hey, it uh, does look good, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think I'll have one, too. <laughs> yep. That's how you met Agnes, Lou. That Sunday was full of peanuts and, and dynamite. You and Agnes got married about a year later. Yes, and then the year after that? I left you in the hospital, walking the floor. Agnes was having a pretty hard time. So was I. And I was only an expectant great-grandfather. I remember I went home about 2 o'clock. It was raining awful hard. And at 3 o'clock, the phone woke me up. Hello, hello, Lou. That you, Lou? Oh, Mrs. Mitchell. Huh? Well, uh, sure. Oh, sorry to hear she's so sick. I'll hustle right down to the store and put it up for you. Yes, ma'am. Right away. You got up and went out in the rain again. You were 74 years old, then. Yep. Caught pneumonia. I knew I didn't have a chance. Doc Purdy sent me to the hospital. Had a room right over Agnes. Old Purdy gave me four hours, but I told him he was talking through his stethoscope. I'd made up my mind I was going to see my great-grandson first. And I did. This is him, Grandpa. Our baby. My dear face, isn't he? 
British here, too. Hello. Hello there, Rusty. That was the last word you said, Rusty. I don't know if there was any better word to say at the time or now either, Lou. Oh, say, look where we've walked. We've walked clear out of town. Yep. To the cemetery. There's, uh, there's my grave. Yeah, I remember where you wanted it, Grandpa. It's fine, Lou. The headstone's a wonderful piece of granite. Must have set you back considerable. You've come here often, Lou. And for that, uh, I thank you. Agnes, too. And Rusty. <laughs> Rusty. He was such a little boy when you brought him here first. Yeah, he wanted to come. He wanted to carry the flowers. Rusty, bring Mom another bunch of flowers from the basket. Hmm? These ones, Mama? Yes, those are fine. Papa, there's an American flag going where Grandpa is. Why, sure, Rusty. Once Grandpa fought for that flag. That's why it's here. Oh. Papa? Yes? Why is the flag growing where Grandpa is? And I'll pay attention, Rusty. I just told you why. Oh. Will you have a flag like Grandpa when you live here? Oh, you bet I will. I'll have a dandy one. I want one. Well, by that time, maybe you will. Lou, don't say such things. No, honey, you're, you're not going to have a flag. There aren't going to be any more wars. Yeah, I guess you're right. Not while any of us are living anyway. No. What if there were? What if Rusty had to go? Die. So silly, Agnes. If there were a war and they needed Rusty, well, he'd go. Maybe he'd want to, maybe he wouldn't, but he'd go. And I guess I'd want him to. Oh, that's a terrible thing to say. Yes, yes, it is a terrible thing to say. What if he never came back? Oh, he'd come back. What if he never did? Did you think of that just now when you said you'd want him to go? No, no, I didn't. No one thinks of that. And you still say you want him to go? Oh, I can't answer that, Agnes. I haven't any right to, I guess. It'll be up to Rusty and how he thinks and feels about such things. We can teach him how to think and feel. Oh, sure. And it'll be to hate war and to hate fighting. That's right. And what will we teach him to love? Why, why to love people and, and what we know is right and just and his country. Oh, what a wonderful life he'll have, Agnes. He'll live in a free and kind and understanding world. Rusty? Huh? You know, you're a lucky man, Rusty. A very lucky man. Papa, what's a lucky man? Well, a lucky man is a kid six years old in 1929 with red hair and a very pretty mama named Agnes. And a pop who plays the clarinet. More darn questions. Go on, go on. I'll blow your nose. <laughs> During this brief intermission before Mr. DeMille presents Donna Michi, Francis D., and Walter Brennan in Act Two of Happy Land, here's Libby Collins, our Hollywood reporter. Any special news items for us tonight, Libby? Well, Mr. Kennedy, I've got a little news about one of Hollywood's most popular stars, Virginia Bruce. Did you know she's running a small ranch these days? That lovely, fragile-looking girl, Libby? <laughs> it's hard to get farm help, you know. So Virginia has pitched in herself. She feeds the livestock, milks the cows, and even churns butter. Churns butter? Say, hey, Libby, that sounds like a useful accomplishment for anyone to have right now. Oh, if you can get the cream, Mr. Kennedy. 
But seriously, Virginia's working hard and looking very beautiful, too. She tells us she's as faithful as ever about her daily Lux soap facials and very grateful for such a quick, easy beauty care. Well, I couldn't imagine a lovelier example of a real Lux complexion than Virginia's. No, she's famous for her exquisite skin. And here's the way she cares for it. Every day she takes an active lather beauty facial. Virginia says, a Lux girl? You bet I am. It's a real beauty care. I just cover my face with plenty of the creamy lather, rinse with lukewarm water, splash on cold, and then pat my skin dry with a soft towel. Active lather makes me sure of thorough cleansing, she says. That's certainly simple enough, Libby. Yes, just right for busy women. And though it's so easy, they find it really works. When recent tests were made, Libby, actually three out of four complexions improved with this daily Lux Toilet Soap care. Yes, these Lux Soap Beauty Facials do make skin lovelier. Screen stars say they depend on them to give skin gentle protecting care it needs. There's a tip straight from Hollywood for women everywhere who want their complexions to be softer and smoother. Ask your dealer for Lux Toilet Soap tomorrow. And if he's temporarily out of stock due to wartime conditions, he's sure to have more soon. Remember, the beauty soap 9 out of 10 screen stars use is worth waiting for. And now, Mr. DeMille returns to the microphone. Act Two of Happy Land, starring Donna Michi as Lou Marsh, Francis D. as Agnes, and Walter Brennan as Grandpa. The Navy Department deeply regrets to inform you. Telegram, Mr. Marsh. Killed in action. Your son killed in action. Telegram, Mr. Marsh. Twenty-one years old. A kid. Never had a chance to live. You've been grieving so long, Lou. I just couldn't stand it. Grandpa. No, you're not here at all. It's all in my mind. A little walk, Lou. I'd like for us to take a little walk. Grandpa Marsh walks slowly through the little town of Hartfield. And in the stillness of the shady streets, they relive a thousand yesterdays. Rusty is gone. But in Lou's memory, Rusty is a little boy again. A little boy going to school for the first time in his life. I won't, I won't, I won't. Rusty, you must obey me. I won't go without Pete. Let go of that dog. No. Nobody is allowed to take a dog to school, young man. Now, you're either going without Pete or you're going to get a good spanking. Now, what'll it be? I'm not going to school unless Pete comes with me. Okay. Get into that room. Oh, I walloped him, Grandpa. I walloped him good. Poor little kid. Best thing for him at the time. That afternoon, he came to the drugstore. Business was slack, and I was trying to lick that overture from William Tell. <laughs> Papa, 
They live in that old house near the railroad. It ain't got any windows. They're busted. Jackie's only had ice cream twice, Papa. Once I had a chocolate bar. Well, well, now, what do you know about that? Well, now, look, boys, why don't we walk over to the fountain there and we'll see what we've got, hmm? We like strawberries. They'll take strawberries first, Papa. Oh, you should have seen the way those kids shoveled in that ice cream. They were half-starved, Grandpa. Seems the father didn't have a job and another baby brother just arrived. So I called up Agnes and she sent some things over. You know, eggs, groceries, and things like that. Then somehow Rusty found out about it and started asking questions. Jack and Todd, those things to eat? Don't they have things to eat in their icebox? Well, Rusty, when you run across a fellow that hasn't got anything and you've got things, why, you just give him some of your things. Some people call that charity. What's that? Oh, it doesn't matter. I don't like the word anyhow. All it really is is just being friendly. Can I be friendly to you? I wish you would. I want to help you. Oh? Doing what? Oh, just help you, Papa. Well, let's see. Oh, I know. You can grab that broom and we'll sweep out the stock room, hmm? Sure. 25 cents a week, that was his pay. A little under the union scale, wasn't it? Oh, there were raises as he grew older. He really worked hard. Joined the Boy Scouts when he was 12, and that brought up new problems. The biggest was the matter of a regulation Boy Scout act. 45, 46, 47, 2 dollars and 47 cents. Only 38 cents to go, Dad, and I'll have the act. Oh, I'll sure need it to cut firewood in our hikes. Oh, I should say you will. Well, it's time to lock up and go home, isn't it, Dad? Yes, but uh, I've got a register letter at the post office. Uh, now, look, Rusty, a man's coming in for this prescription, Mr. Watson. I found that back. Be sure to collect $2. Just ring it up in the cash register. Sure, okay, Dad. <laughs> Have it ready, son. The name's Watson. Yes, sir. It'll be two dollars, Mr. Watson. Sonny, I got thirty-five cents. That's all I got. But the manager said I was to get cash. Maybe you better let me have that back. My wife's needing that medicine pretty bad. I was thinking maybe the manager wouldn't mind if you trusted me for the other dollar sixty-five. Well, I don't know. I'll get some work maybe tomorrow, and I'll bring it in, honest. Oh. Well, I, I guess it'll be all right with the manager. Here. God bless you, son. Gosh. Oh, gosh. I've done it anyway. Rusty never said a word about using his axe money to pay for Watson's prescription. Two days later, Watson came in. I found out. Rusty wasn't there at the time. I'm glad he wasn't. I bawled a ball like a kid. And then rushed out and bought him his axe. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, he grew up so fast, Grandpa. So fast. Became something of a football player, didn't he? Well, he seemed to be better in track. He came in second to state meet. High hurdle. All the time, though, he kept working at the store. He got going to church, too, pretty regularly. Never showed signs of becoming a missionary, but he liked the young people's meeting Sunday night. For more reasons than one. Where are you going, Rusty? Oh, nowhere. I was thinking we'd better get together on the rebuttal for our debate. Uh, yeah. Why don't you come home with me and hey, Excuse can... me a minute, Lenore. I'll be right back. Oh. Uh, say, Gretchen, I was just wondering... Did someone call me? Yeah, I, uh... Well, uh, I... Uh, say, it, it's sure nice out, huh? Very nice. It, uh, it doesn't look like rain, either. No, it doesn't. We always have quite a lot of nice weather here. That's nice. Uh, did you like the meeting? Uh, oh, pardon me. My name's Rusty Marsh. Yes, I know. You do? Uh, look... 
Would you... Can, can I... I mean, may I walk home with you, Gretchen? Why, that'll be awfully nice, Rusty. Oh, gee. Thanks. Rusty? Oh, well, good night, Lenore. I'll probably see you in school tomorrow. Uh, probably. You'd hit him like a ten-ton truck. Yes, Rusty had it bad. I always thought he'd fall for Lenore. But Gretchen Berry turned out to be quite a girl. A few nights later, Agnes and I were playing cards, and Rusty came home about 11.30. His face smeared with the reddest lipstick you ever saw. Aren't you coming in, Rusty? Just hanging up my coat. Hmm. Did you see his face? Stick. Yeah. I think we'd better find out about this. Shh, don't tease him now. Hello, Mom, Pop. Nice time, Rusty? Oh, swell. <laughs> it was, huh? Wonderful. Oh, aren't you going to kiss me goodnight? Oh, oh, sure. <laughs> That's better. Wake you at the usual time? Yeah, please. Oh, Agnes, now look what you did. What? Lipstick all over the boy's face. Oh, oh, Rusty, I'm so sorry. Uh, Dad brought home some new lipstick samples. <laughs> oh, and, that's okay. Uh, uh, I'll wash it off. Good night. Good night, Rusty. Now, aren't you the smart one? If he comes home again like that, he won't get off so easy. Gretchen Berry. She seems sort of sophisticated for Rusty. Mm. I suppose we don't dare say anything. No, not if we want to stay on speaking terms with him. <laughs> He sure looked goofy, didn't he? <laughs> Did you ever get a look at yourself when you were courting me? I courting you? I didn't have a chance. I was hooked. <laughs> Rusty graduated from high school that year, didn't he? Yeah. I went back to the drugstore after the exercises. About closing time, Rusty came in. Face kind of long. He went back and put on some overhauls. Picked up that old Boy Scout axe and started unpacking some crates. Hey, what's the idea? Oh, I, I just thought I'd unpack these bath salts while you were closing up. Oh. Uh, anything go wrong tonight? Oh, just Gretchen. Oh. Yeah, I, I had a date with her for Sunday. But there's a guy who works for her father. He's about 25 and he's got a Buick convertible. Oh, he has, huh? He asked you to go to Des Moines with him, have dinner there, and a show. Well, you can take the Ford. Mom and I won't be using it, and if you'd like... No, Dad. If she wants to go with that guy, she can... Darn well, go! Oh, hey, look. Look what I just did. Well, I guess that axe is going to have to have a new handle. Say, uh, Rusty, Mrs. Snyder was in before and left this bottle of Loganberry wine. What do you say we get good and drunk, huh? <laughs> Dad. <laughs> would you like one glass, Rusty? Oh, would you? You know, somehow I think this is just the right moment for you and me to have a glass of Loganberry wine. Me too. You were pretty proud of Rusty right then, weren't you? Yeah, I think he knew it too, Grandpa. And he was just as proud. Oh, here's your glass, Dad. Thanks. Well, here's to you, Rusty. Oh, here's to us, Dad. Gretchen rolled out of his life in a Buick convertible. Yes, but he never had much trouble finding other pretty girls. Yeah, for a long time, though, he didn't have much to do with any of them. No, till that day when he and I took Agnes to the railroad station. Agnes was taking the train to Omaha visiting the folks. Uh, now, don't forget to keep the icebox door shut tight. And uh, be sure and turn the gas off in the oven. And, oh, what's the use? I suppose I'll find everything in a mess when I get back. Oh, we won't be home much. Rusty and I are going on a bat. Yeah, we might use the old shack to throw a couple of wild parties around, yeah. but we'll try not to bust up all your best chapman. <laughs> Just you dare. Hello, Mrs. Mike. Why, Lenore. 
Where did you come from? Just came back from Chicago. Hello, Mr. Marsh. Hello, Lenore. Rusty. Hi, Lenore. Lenore, how nice you look. Why, thank you, Mrs. Marsh. Look upon the boys. Now, don't stay up too late and don't drive too fast. We won't. Have a good time, dear. Hurry back, because I might miss you. Goodbye, Mom. Goodbye, darling. Don't go talking to any strange men now. Goodbye. Goodbye. And you're right to us here every day. I will. Bye. Gosh. Yeah, gosh. Well, let's get on back. Goodbye, Mom. Oh, uh, Lenore, can we give you a lift home? Thanks, but Father's coming to pick me up. Well, what have you been doing all summer? Oh, just visiting my Aunt Peggy. Uh, can I, uh, can I give you a ring sometime? Of course, Rusty, if you'd like. Oh, there's Father. Well, goodbye. Here I am, Father. Can you imagine that? Imagine what? Lenore, how can anybody change so fast? Oh, I don't know. Pretty dress, cute hat, but I think she's the same old Lenore, Rusty. Same old pain in the neck. Huh? Uh, Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. And that was Lenore's entrance into his life. Oh, Rusty's known her for years, but that was really her entrance. He saw her pretty nearly every day after that. Sometimes they go out alone or with the rest of their gang, and quite often the whole lot of them would come to the house, they'd play badminton, and then we'd bring out the radio and they'd dance in the court, and Agnes would always have quite a spread ready for them out there in the backyard. Come on. Food's ready. Food. Sandwiches over here, boys. Chicken, ham, cheese. Chicken sandwich, Tom? Did you say chicken, Mrs. Marsh? Here you are. You know, Mrs. Marsh, you're my dream girl. Why, certainly. Anytime those Marsh guys don't treat you right, you I'll just... come right over. Hey, where are you going? To make the coffee. You sit down right here. I'll make it. And you and my new personality. We interrupt this program of dance music to bring you a late news bulletin. A communique just received states that the German Air Force now has complete control of the air over Poland. Their ground troops are advancing steadily in spite of stubborn resistance from the Poles. Our dance program will resume in just a moment. Turn it off. Oh, it's just awful. Why can't they pick on somebody their own side? Well, don't worry, Lenore. Just wait till France and England start cracking down. Well, who wants to fight anyway? They'll have Poland washed up in a couple of weeks. What's going to keep them from doing the same thing to Paris and London? The Canadian Flying Corps is asking for volunteers. I wrote yesterday for all the dope. You did? Well, why not? How about you, Rusty? Oh, well, oh, gosh. I, I hadn't thought about it like that. Gee. Todd Gramlich joined up. Went to Canada. The kid who had a chocolate bar once and lived in a house without any windows. Killed in the Battle of Britain. Well, how'd you know? Aren't you forgetting something, Lou? I get around. I thought Rusty had want to join up with Todd, but he didn't, did he? You see, I don't think I'd make such a good pilot, Dad. Well, then, what about college? Well, I've been thinking, Pop. Maybe I won't want to go to college, either. Look, I've been of some help here in the store, haven't I? Oh, maybe a little. Say, I'd have had to hire two extra clerks to do all you've done. Well, then, look, Pop. Why don't I go down to Des Moines to the School of Pharmacy and qualify for my license? If the war stops, then I'll be all set to do some real good for the store and for myself, too. And if the war isn't over, we get in it, then what? Well, I guess I'd be a lot more useful as a technician, even in pharmacy, than I'd be as just another recruit without any trade. Well, what do you say, Dad? Well, I say we'd better go and talk to Mom. Then we'd better sit down and write a letter to that school of pharmacy. We missed him awful. But he'd get back for weekends now and then, and he was doing so well in school. Better grades than you've got, Lou. Yes, I know. 
And then one Sunday morning, I was watering the front lawn. He and Lenore were in back, but I could hear them. Why weren't you at the station to meet me yesterday? I just forgot all about it. Oh, I bet you did. You didn't sleep a wink all night just waiting for me. Oh, your ego is still holding up nicely, I see. Rusty, I'm so glad you're back. No kiss? Oh, well. Oh, oh my forehead. She kisses me on my forehead. <laughs> That's the kind of a welcome home I get. <laughs> Look, honey, i, I got to talk to Pop for a minute. Do you mind? Terribly. You're right back. Lon's kind of droopy, Rusty. Looks like a gopher's been at work. Yeah, it does. Uh, look, Pop, I, I might as well get right to the point. Oh, sure. Let me turn this water off. Pop, I know we're not in the war yet, but, well, they've started drafting guys, and I figure, what's the use waiting? Okay, Rusty. What's it going to be? Army, Navy, or Marines? You sound kind of resentful about the Marines. How come? Never mind. Well, which is it? Well... I guess I always did want to ride around on the ocean. Well, then join the Navy and ride around on a lot of oceans. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I'll get seasick. Well, in the last four, I only got seasick twice. Once going over and once coming back. <laughs> Go on in and tell your mother. Go on. Tell her you joined the Navy. He looked real good in his uniform, Lou. You know, sailor uniforms haven't changed much since the Civil War. Yeah, he looked fine. He had to leave a few days before Thanksgiving. We met him at the station, Agnes, me, and Lenore. Look at him, Lou. Just look at him. Yeah, fine, sailor. Never even saw the ocean. Don't you worry. One of these days I'll have stripes on my sleeve. You'll see. Pharmacist mate. You're fine just the way you are. Well, what's the matter with you, Lenore? Say something. Rusty. Don't I look real cute? Doesn't this kind of get you? So much so that I can't talk. Well, well, now what are we standing around here for? Come on, come on, let's get on home. Here, I'll take you back, Rusty. <laughs> He was so happy, Lou. Rusty couldn't have been any happier if he'd lived to be a hundred. He was home nearly two days. I took him back to the station late the next night. We shook hands and said goodbye. That was the last time I... I saw my boy. We pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. In just a moment, Mr. DeMille presents Donna Michi, Francis D., and Walter Brennan... In Act Three of Happy Land. And now, a canteen, a soldier far from home, a young hostess, and music. Mm, what a dancer you turned out to be. You're smooth. Why, thank you, soldier. You're not so bad yourself. A guy couldn't be bad, not with music like that. And a girl like you. Now, there's a girl who has what every woman wants to have and ought to have. The kind of charm that makes men say, a girl like you. Girls who have this kind of charm are often not exactly pretty, but, well, let our heroine speak for herself. Well, I decided long ago to take the screen star's tip and use my complexion soap, Lux Toilet Soap, for my daily bath soap, too. It's a wonderful way to protect daintiness and make sure of skin that's always fresh and sweet. 
I'm on a defense job now, and there's many an evening I have that all-in feeling. But after I've relaxed a few moments in my luxurious Lux soap bath, I step out feeling fresh as a daisy, my skin all delicately perfumed. And after I've rubbed down with a nice, thick towel, I feel like a million. Sort of sure of myself, you know? And then, well, I guess I look at that towel. Yes, Lux Toilet Soap, the complexion soap 9 out of 10 screen stars use, makes a truly wonderful bath soap, too. You'll find the whole family agrees on that. They'll love the rich, instant lather Lux Soap gives, even in hard water. So, put Lux Toilet Soap on your shopping list tomorrow. You'll find it thrifty because it's hard-milled to last. These days, it's patriotic not to waste soap. Lux Toilet Soap lasts even longer, too, if you'll always put it in a soap dish that's dry. Now, our producer, Mr. DeMille. We'll have a chat with three delightful people, our stars, after the play. But now the curtain rises on the third act of Happy Land, starring Donna Michi, Francis D., and Walter Brennan. dusk now. The sun's in the west, far beyond the Missouri River, a great red ball of fire. And the father and the great-grandfather of a boy named Rusty Marsh have circled the little town. But only Lou's footsteps are heard as they walk slowly back in the fading light. At a little field near the Marsh home, Grandpa pauses a moment and stoops down in the grass. What's the matter, Grandpa? Did you lose something? I used to stop here whenever I passed. <laughs> a little weakness of mine, I guess. I wonder if they still grow here. Yep, yep, I got one. A great big one. Here, Lou. For you. What is... Oh. Oh, four-leaf clover. Thanks, I'll keep it my wallet. Lou, I've been thinking. Well, I used to be able to think. Seems years ago. As long as kids can play Indian and go to school... Join the Boy Scouts and do a good deed every day and eat ice cream. Or take a box full of pennies and nickels honestly saved for an axe and use them to buy medicine for a stranger. As long as they can run the high hurdles and kiss girls... As long as they can do all those things, then what? It'll be worthwhile. What'll be worthwhile? The whole thing. A guy named Rusty and a lot of other guys like that with a lot of different names... Don't you think so, Lou? Oh, Rusty did lead a rich life here. Yeah, you're right about that. You know, I'm glad you came, Grandpa, and I'm glad we've walked. And I know all the other things you're hoping I'm going to say. But I can't. He was my boy. And now, now he's dead. I miss him. I can't help it. I'll always miss him. I'll always wish he was back. As long as I live. Sure you will, Lou. Uh, well, looks like we're back home. Right back where we started from. Grandpa's kind of awkward with Agnes not being able to see you, but if you want to stay and sit down and supper with us. <laughs> you forget my peculiar situation, Lou. Anyway, I've got to be getting back. Well, there's Agnes. Lou. Why, Lou, Ma, where on earth have you been? Oh, just taking a little walk around town. You must be all tired out. You've been gone nearly three hours. Is that all? No, no, I'm not tired. I think it did me some good. I'm sure it did. 
You look better. Did you stop in at the store? No, no, I, I didn't. You wanted me to, though, didn't you? Yes, Lou. It'd do you good to get back to work. Well, maybe I'll go down tomorrow. Better if you go down tonight, Lou. After supper. Or I might go down tonight. That's it, Lou. Thank you, son. I've got to go now. Goodbye, Lou. Goodbye, Grandpa. What? What is it, dear? Did you say something? Uh, no. What are you looking at? Uh, nothing. That, uh, that, that hedge. I was just noticing the hedge. It looks a little ragged. Say, we, uh, I found something for you on my walk. Here, in my wallet. Oh, what is it? Foley. Oh. What's gone? That's a shame. Yes, it uh, must have fallen out. But I'm not sure that... Oh, I guess it doesn't matter. Supper ready? Mm-hmm. Just what you like, dear. Meatballs and scalloped potatoes. Well, if I'm going to get to the store tonight, I guess we'd better go right in. Mr. Marsh. Well, well, well. Oh, Mr. Marsh. It's so nice to see you back in the store again. Thanks. How have things been going? Oh, just fine, Mr. Marsh. Been pretty busy. Excuse me a minute. Are you... You going to stay a while, Mr. Marsh? Yes, I'll stay a while, Emmy. How's that line of writing paper been moving? Oh, just fine. Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be a sticker. I see we're running kind of low on bath salts. Put them on the out list last night, Mr. Marsh. I'll order some. They're exactly the same. I tell you, they ain't the right kind, and I don't want them. Oh, what's that all about? Hello, Jake. What seems to be the trouble? Eh? What? Why, Lou. Well, hello, Lou. It's these bile pills, Mr. Marsh. Yeah, for eight years I've been coming to you, Lou, for my bile pills. For eight years you sold me white ones. He's trying to make me take these here pink-colored ones. Well, Jake, we had to get those pills from a new firm, and I guess they just don't like white. Color's only a trademark, anyhow. The ingredients are just the same. Oh, well, you say so, Lou. Okay, I'll take them. Yeah, kind of missed you around here, Lou. Good night. Thanks, Jake. Good night. Shep. Yes, Mr. Marsh? You and Emmy sort of clean up and then go on home. Pretty early for us to be leaving. Oh, I'll do you good. Besides, I'd like to be here... Alone. Silly, but... Well, sure, Mr. Marsh. Be in in the morning? Yes, yes, I'll be in. Well, I'll go tell Emmy to hustle up. All right. Good evening. Oh. Sailor, huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh... Any scares in Hartfield or something? Oh, no, no. Uh, I just... Uh, you're Mr. Marsh? Yes. I'm Anton Cabrick. Tony. Oh. Well, I thought maybe Rusty had mentioned me in some of his letters. So you're Tony, hmm? Yes, sir. Well, what do you know? Sure, Rusty mentioned you in almost every letter. Mentioned Chicago. That's uh, your home, isn't it? Yes, sir. Such a home as I got. Been on my own since I was 16. Well, well. Uh, if you'll excuse me, I'll lock the door. Store's closed. I thought I had locked it. Oh, if you're leaving, why well, I can come back no, tomorrow. No, no, no. I, I just don't want anyone to interrupt us. Nasty people like customers. Ah, this is some drugstore. Looks kind of familiar, too. Oh, maybe Rusty told you. I used to jerk sodas once in Chicago. Oh, you got a swell fountain there, Mr. Marsh. Oh, say, uh, let me help you finish what you're doing. Oh, it's nothing. I'm just getting some more stock up on the shelves. What's this? Old Dr. Tom's trusty tonic. <laughs> Any good? No. Uh, look, this, this can wait, uh... How about a cigar? Oh, I wouldn't mind. You like this kind? Oh, say. 
<laughs> I don't very often smoke cigars. Cigarettes, usually. You know how it is. Well, this is swell, though. Look, uh, you bound for Chicago? When do you have to leave? Oh, no special time. You see, Mr. Marshall was like this. Rusty and I used to talk about it. Oh, about what might happen. See, I haven't got any folks or anything, but Rusty always said if anything happened, that, well, I mean to him. He said I ought to come when I got a chance and call on you and, and his mother. You came in on the 1013 from the West? Yes, sir. When do you have to go back? Oh, I still got the better of two weeks. Oh, well, I guess I better call Rusty's mother and tell her we'll be right over. How's that? Oh, well, that's fine, Mr. Marsh. That's fine. This is Rusty's mother, Tony. Tony. How do you do? Mother, where are we going to let this big tramp of sailor sleep tonight? I guess you know, Lou. If he wants to. Oh, you mean Rusty's room? Oh, it's okay with me, Mrs. Marsh. That's fine. I, I was just fixing a little late lunch. Wouldn't you like some? Oh, that sounds good to me, Tony. Swell. Well, come on in the kitchen, then. You like veal loaf, don't you? Oh, you bet. I wonder... Uh, maybe we ought to talk about it now. Tony, is there anything you feel you ought to tell us about... About Rusty? Well, there really isn't very much to tell, Mr. Marsh. Never is. Happened so quickly. We weren't surprised, but he had a lot more planes than us, and he kept coming over pretty fast. Rusty was down below in sick bay. That was his job, you know. Well, something... Something must have hit us below the waterline. An aerial torpedo, I guess. The last time I saw Rusty, he was coming up from below carrying a fellow that had been hurt. Before he could get up, why... Another torpedo hit us. I was blown into the water, so I didn't see anything else that happened. Rusty hadn't been carrying somebody. He made the deck, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's all I can tell you. Except that I thought quite a bit of Rusty. I see. I, uh, I hope you don't think I got a nerve, but I was wondering while I'm here, could I maybe go down to the store with you and sort of help out a little? I don't want any money. It's just that, well, I feel it. Oh, that would be fine, Tony. Wouldn't it, Lou? I was hoping you'd say that, Tony. I was hoping you would. Oh, well, oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. Tony, how would you like a little Loganberry wine as a little old woman would make it? Oh, I guess I never had any Loganberry wine, but I bet it's swell. Mother? Yes. You know, I never had any either, Tony. But I'm going to try some. Oh, that's no. fine. Well, we'll, we'll drink to... We'll drink to what's in our hearts, our thankful hearts. That this may always be a happy land is the earnest hope of every American. And to Don Amici, Francis D., and Walter Brennan, go our congratulations on some fine acting. Thank you, C.B. It's great to be back, especially with two swell people like Francis D. and Walter Brennan. Uh, it's mighty nice of you to say that, son. Hey, hey, look, you're not playing my grandfather any longer, Walter. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Walter always loses himself in any part he plays. That's why he's so good. Uh, best performance I ever gave was my first part in pictures. Another grandfather? No, no, Francis. Years ago, a director rented a donkey to bray in a picture, and the only trouble was he wouldn't bray at the right time. And that's uh, where you came in? Correct. I stood in for the jackass and brayed. <laughs> Never had a part that suited me quite so well since. <laughs> you, you might get some argument on that, Walter. By the way, have you realized that we're all neighbors here? All San Fernando Valley ranchers? Well, that's right. Our place can't be more than ten miles from Don's. No, and we're practically next door, Francis. Twelve or fifteen miles. <laughs> well, I wish you'd all saddle up and come over to my ranch someday. It wouldn't be more than 25 miles for any of you. <laughs> Just think, the road would be hot and dusty, and after a long ride to my ranch, I'd, I'd give you some real unrationed hospitality. I'd even give you... I'd even give you all a cake of Lux soap to wash up with. <laughs> well, that's my favorite complexion care, Mr. DeMille. I've used Lux soap for years. No, I knew anyone of your beauty and intelligence would be a Lux girl, Francis. What's on the fire for next week, C.B.? A gay and delightful musical done. It's the 20th Century Fox hit, Coney Island. And our stars will be Alan Ladd, Dorothy L'Amour, and Chester Mouse. <laughs> well, there was... There was romance and adventure and lovely tunes at Coney Island around the turn of the century. And we'll have all those things here next Monday night with three great stars, Alan Ladd, Dorothy L'Amour, and Chester Mullet. Standing room only, C.B. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Happy land. Made a happy company this week. Our sponsors, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday night when the Lux Radio Theater presents Alan Ladd, Dorothy L'Amour, and Chester Morris in Coney Island. This is Cecil B. DeMille saying good night to you from Hollywood. Here's a way for housewives to get extra red ration points. For every pound of used kitchen fats you bring into your butcher, he'll give you four cents and two red ration points. Keep a tin can handy on the back of your stove and pour into it every drop of used fats. No matter how burnt or black they are, they're valuable. Used fats are urgently needed to supply ingredients for medicines for our soldiers, for munitions, and for other vital materials. Remember, every single spoonful you save is a wartime job well done. Don Amici will soon be seen in the 20th Century Fox Technicolor production, Greenwich Village and is currently filming Wing and the Prayer at the same studio. Walter Brennan appeared through the courtesy of Samuel Goldwyn, producers of the picture, Up in Arms. Francis D. will soon be seen in the universal picture, Patrick the Great. Heard in tonight's play were Bob Haynes, Joan Loring, Bill Martell, Tommy Cook, Charles Seal, Leo Cleary, Charlotte Treadway, Dorothy Scott, Leon Ledoux, John McIntyre, Norman Field, Fred Barton, Bobby Larson, Norman Nilsson, Gloria Fisher, and Jack Morrison. This program is broadcast to our fighting forces overseas through cooperation with the Armed Forces Radio Service. 
Our music was directed by Louis Silver. Tonight, when you tuned in to the Lux Radio Theater, you knew you would get good entertainment. Try tuning in to this same station tomorrow night and Wednesday at this same time. Tomorrow night, you will hear George Burns and Gracie Allen with their guest star, Herbert Marshall. Wednesday night, Frank Sinatra sings I Love You and other favorite tunes. Sophie Tucker will be Frank's guest. Make this station at Lux time a habit Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday for the best in drama, comedy, and music. This is your announcer, John M. Kennedy, reminding you to tune in again next Monday night to hear Alan Ladd, Dorothy L'Amour, and Chester Morris in Coney Island. Here's the secret. New Easy Mix Fry Shortening cuts cake mixing time two-thirds. No creaming, no long, tiresome beating. And yet you get lighter, better-tasting cakes that stay fresh longer. At your grocer's in the same handy jar, new Easy Mix Spry. Brand for all baking and frying. Buy Spry. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.